0: All right, gang. We've got ourselves a pretty popular franchise. It's run for like 200 episodes. We've done a bunch of movies. It's really great, you know. Let's it's the '80s. Let's bring it back to TV with all the fun things that we're sure everyone will love. Everyone. We're talking about *Lupin the Third, Part Three. Hello everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show The More You Nerd where we are back to our heists and hijinks talking about our next installment in Lupin the 3rd. Lupin the 3rd Part 3 which ran from 1984 to 1985. And my name is Drew and I cannot do this alone. Miles, how are you friend? I'm doing all
1: right. Uh this has been a a, a little more of an interesting week uh, with uh with Lupin.
0: It sure has.
1: But I, I was I was really interested to get to this season because this this is one that has I I would see the the weakest reputation of the franchise. Um but at the same time like this this is the, the Lupin series from the 80s and there is absolutely an 80s influence on this show that I do like. But I also see why people don't like this show. This is this is a weird one to cover.
0: Yeah. So I have some positive things about this show to say, but. I, I'm i not as into this one as we will get into. Um, So let's talk about the production of this show. So this this is from 1984. So if remember, part two ended in 1980 basically 1979 i think uh that's at least when uh castle of cagliostro came out uh so we have skipped forward about five years and we have basically a new animation designer uh and this this is the pink jacket series so if we talked about you know the green jacket and the first loop and the third and the red jacket and the second loop and the third this is the pink jacket which is an uh, which is a style into and of itself, and one that has not been replicated very much in later Lupin content. But this show is different. Um.
1: Well, I I think I think this show is different in, I I think I think a lot of it is reaction to the Castle of Cagliostro a little bit. Um. It's at least it seems like to me because all the all the criticisms that I see from, you know, certain fans of the series that have criticisms are, oh, you know, Lupin's much more of a gallant hero and and, uh, Fujiko is not sexualized at all. And all those things are 100 percent present in this series where Lupin's a lot more across the board and Fujiko is a lot more sexualized.
0: <laughs> yeah, she she spends a lot of the first episode that we're going to talk about naked. Uh, you know, it's just something that they did. Uh, you know, we even talked about this a little bit. We oh, we hadn't talk, watched Castle of Cagliostro yet, but in part two, when Miyazaki returned to Lupin the uh, third with with his with one of his final two episodes, he kind of amped up the things that he was criticized for their not being in in uh, the castle of Cagliostro, like the the, you know, the sexualization and the the zaniness and et cetera, et cetera. And this show. Right. OK, so let's talk about one of the things. So Yuzo Aoki, who is the the character designer for this series for part three, he created three different designs for the characters. He created a sort of gritty, grounded look. And then he created a super cartoony look kind of based off western cartoons american cartoons and then he created a look that was more in between those two and when you look at those things you can definitely tell especially towards the later part of the see the later part of the series that they decided to use the cartoony western styled ones way more and these are the things that they just don't play gang. I do not like them. I mean, th- there, there are certain
1: episodes where if it had the style of the first episode, it would be an absolute banger and, and, and work hundred percent. But the, the actual style is just generally unpleasant to look at. And, and I get that it's, it's subjective. It's an aesthetic choice, but I, I think that the angles that they use for the faces, especially those super triangular, sharp chins, it just, it, I look, I feel like I'm watching like some like early 90s Rob Zombie music video. Specifically that video for like uh, Beavis and Bloodhead Do America. You know, that weird animated style. Like that's what I kind of feel like I'm getting into here <laughs> uh, with, with some of the animation at, towards the latter half of the series. Because the first one
0: kind of feels like the prior two seasons. Which like is even... Which is weird because I like the art style uh, early. I mean, I don't love the art style in part three at all. Even the the sort of more grounded takes, but I like
1: the grounded take. I mean, I think I think that part looks good. Like that first episode, I feel like looks good aesthetically.
0: Uh, well, let's let's get into it uh, because going back and looking at it after watching the later episodes, it is like, wow, this was the same show. Are we kidding? I know. <laughs> Uh, so we we are going to start with part three, episode one. The gold ingots summon Lupin or the gold is beckoning Lupin. Uh, there are a, a few different translations Which, of the title.
1: I do love that every series and seemingly every movie kind of starts with, oh, there's been a gap since everyone's been together. And it's getting everyone back into it. It, it, it I don't know if I find that that mechanism very charming
0: yeah um and i i think that i think the
1: actual like meta plot here is really fun like i like the heist story of this one of, of like al capone's hidden gold
0: which is like which is funny because there's another there's a loop in the third movie that is about alcatraz which i find hilarious because they go to alcatraz in this as well and uh <laughs> the alcatraz uh, lupin movie comes in the 90s um we're not gonna watch it, unfortunately, but I just well, decided to bring it up that here. It also
1: makes sense, given given the the one of the biggest action movies in the nineties was The Rock.
0: That's true. Uh, granted, this episode was in nineteen
1: eighty four. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the future. Sure, 90s sure. Movie,
0: yeah. Uh, so basically, this this part with this this first episode of part three involves. Uh, as it often does, Fujiko being on her own crime and reaching out to Lupin, uh, trying to find these tiles that Al Capone uh, crafted while he was in prison in Alcatraz that lead to where he has stashed a bunch of gold that would get them a million dollars. And and you we have all of our our main characters here. We have Lupin, we have Jigen, we have, of course, Fujiko and we have Goemon. Goemon much more present much more in prevalent Parkway. in this series yeah um even though he he looks like he's got a bouffant hairdo now um he also looks like he'd rather be
1: anywhere else that's every single time
0: <laughs> that's very goemon though based on <laughs> what little we have seen of oh i know him. it's just like you know like i i brought you this sandwich he's
1: like i want a sashimi and like well get a hamburger you know like they're, they're these weird moments but like goemon yeah, it's definitely in every single episode we watch, which is a huge difference from the last two uh, parts that we've watched, because I think in part one and two, I think we maybe had two total Goemon appearances from the 10 episodes we watched. Hmm. That sounds about that, that sounds about right. I know that we didn't have a ton of goemon in in the first two parts that we that we watched
0: yeah although it's it's funny ever since we watched castle of cagliostro last week i have seen a number of references to the fact that goemon was present in the uh car chase <laughs> in the opening of, of that movie just because you see him you see yeah. a sword stick out of the back of a pile of cash implying that goemon was just sitting there buried in the cash the entire time i found that very very funny um anyway so uh yes this involved this episode involves loop and the third uh and his crew going to San Francisco Frisco baby uh trying to track down these these tiles while going up against uh chin Kai who is a uh a, a Chinese gangster uh that is certainly a, a depiction that holds up today in twenty twenty
1: three. yeah it's I mean well I mean look that and I'm not saying it's, it's fine. I'm just saying that depiction was all over the 80s. I mean, you even look here. Big Trouble in Little China, the golden child like that. That oh, kind of depiction sure. was 100 percent. There. Um, and I mean, this is kind of on 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 par with both of those, uh, especially Big Trouble. Yeah. Um, I but I will say like the, the the heist stuff in this episode, like the actual like caper stuff was really solid. I I honestly, this episode, I think, is really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really fun. Outside of the the um, sexual assault aspect of this episode, this episode's really good.
0: Yeah, there is that this is this is where the things get, you know, again, it was 1984, but I don't think that's necessarily excusable. when no, they are, no, no. no. <laughs> they are, they are, quote, searching Fujiko for the tiles. And of course, that involves ripping all of her clothes off. And she just stays that way for about fifteen I'm, minutes. I'm, I'm thinking episode. of, I'm thinking of
1: action movies that I've watched from the '80s, and that seems, again, this is by no means a a pass. I'm just like, I feel like I saw that a lot as a kid watching like action movies I got from the video store.
0: I don't remember that, but then again, it's been you know twenty something years since I would have thought about any of this stuff. This, well, does- yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have thought about it at the time. I'm just thinking back. I'm like, uh, you know, what? I think I saw
1: this. Again, not saying it's fine. I'm just saying that I, I feel like that that was consistent with what people were doing on screen at the time. But yeah, it's it's noticeably weird in this TV show. And I mean, it's not just, oh, it's. It's not innuendo. It's like, oh, no, no, this is full on nudity in 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 the show now.
0: Yeah. Um, Moving on from that to to something a little more. uh fun and interesting (laughs) we are introduced to a character that i honestly expected to show up more in what we watched but based on what i can tell he is not in a lot of this starmo you remember this guy miles yeah, yeah. He was like the right hand man. He was dear. the right hand man of Chinkai. He is basically Spike Spiegel. He's wearing the same colors. <laughs> He's got the same hair. I mean, oh, so is Lupin, <laughs>
1: but like, but the whole thing was like, oh yeah, I've heard of you and I prepared for you. And of course, Lupin, it, you know, kind of gets past him and stuff. But like there is this interesting rivalry that I I'm with you. I was kind of hoping they introduced several characters throughout the this this part that I'm I am kind
0: of shocked doesn't appear again and wait, well, not to say that that didn't happen in previous parts it's just we have reached a point in in the 1980s where you would expect some of that stuff to happen a little more well, and
1: so this is this is what I have been told in looking into part three because part three does have its defenders and a lot of people say the second half really comes together as this weird, surreal show. You have a lot more arcs that kind of take place over several episodes, which is certainly true from from my experience. I accidentally assigned us part one of a two parter um, and, and had no idea. But. I, I do. I do feel like there there is some interesting stuff Um Moving, moving from this one because I, I really liked this episode. I thought I thought it was pretty satisfying. I thought it was a decent opener. Um, I like that the fact that they're in San Francisco, and then again we go we come back to America in episode 18 with this heist in New York. And I, I know you intimated to me, uh, Drew. This is probably your your least favorite episode of what we watched.
0: Ah, uh, yes, yes, it is. And th- this is. Well, we'll, well, let's get to that because we still have episode seven to cover, um, which. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about episodes. Um, yes. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't skip too far ahead. All right. One, sorry. Sorry. Because this one is is there's not a ton to talk about with this one, other than the fact that this is maybe the. The weirdest episode. Um, So this this one, I, so, I mean,
1: again, I. While while Drew was having to do jury dirty, I, I I opted to, you know, pick the episodes for this one. And this was an episode that kept popping up on favorites because uh, and, and the reason was a lot of people said that it gives them a legitimate villain who is an actual threat and an interesting episode.
0: And. It does. I feel like it gets 75% of the way there.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I feel like it does get there. I do think that um uh oh, what do they call him? The the death garb?
0: Death Gerv. Uh uh the the Grim Reaper Gerv or the Death Gurv, Gerv the Death the Deadly. There's there's it was translated multiple times. In fact, mm-hmm. it's weird. The subtitles call him Gurv G-U-R-V-E but the episode title calls him Garb, G-A-R-B. So this is kind of the translation that we're dealing with here.
1: (laughs) So basically, Fujiko was on this mission
0: years ago. She she does
1: Fujiko things and betrays someone who was backing her up. Uh, Little did she know the guy backing her up was, you know, this insanely talented assassin, and he gets shot in the head. And it enables him because the bullet still lodges his brain to somehow laser focus gives him like neocytes like yeah. he can basically do, do, do you
0: like, guys remember the episode of the, anything? Do you guys remember the episode of The Simpsons where they find the crayon in Homer's brain and they pull the crayon out and he becomes a super genius? Imagine the opposite of that. They put a bullet in his brain and it hyper stimulates his optic nerve to the point where he can see bullet curves so I mean, that he can immediately be dodge honest, this is, this
1: is kojima logic yeah this this is a hundred percent kojima logic it
0: is 100 nonsense and it's i don't even i don't even love the explanation for his superpowers we no see i the, do i we see I his love. superpowers the entire time and i was expecting something a little more mystical than this bullet in his brains triggering his senses it's like all right I, whatever no, i i dig i actually
1: i really like this episode i because the entire time you know Goemon and uh, Jigen and Lupin are all trying to one up this dude, and they are failing at every turn. And it it actually does give it some gravitas because, like, he seems to be immune to what to any charm, to any like um, um sleight of hand that Lupin usually has. Like, he seems to always be one step ahead, and you don't see that a ton in Lupin stories where Lupin is completely being one-upped every step of the way. And I did like this. I kind of wish he was a a villain that stayed around a little bit because he was really interesting. I think the problem with this episode is that it does become fairly basic in the
0: last half of it. And they suddenly realize, oh, this is how we beat him and they beat him. And it's like, I get, I get that. It's just, it seems a little too quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah especially because they 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 don't beat him the entire time by shooting him at the same time they each take a shot individually that he dodges they don't ever try shooting at the same time uh but uh of course that's obviously not how that that ends the story well,
1: they also do the the whole like uh i shoot and then i shoot the bullet and it ricochets and like i mean it makes for a very Which cool I loved, awesome. I
0: loved i loved that that i loved yeah. i thought that was great
1: it's a very bebop thing, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, uh, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe a hundred percent used stuff like that in bebop. I, I I think this episode is solid, and and it's at this point where I'm like, okay, I don't really understand where the bad reputation's coming from. Like I see there might be a little bit of a drop in quality, and and certainly the the production value because it's not as crisp and clear as the other ones, despite the fact that it, those are ten years older, and. It wasn't until we get to that change in style where I'm like, oh, oh, this is why people don't like the series.
0: Yeah. So here comes Lupin, the third part three, episode 18, the first episode to air after my birth. um, Showtime (laughs) smells of death. Uh, So Lupin and company are in New York. And they are trying to sneak into the the they're they're targeting a a casino safe from a mob boss. Um, Of course, it's a casino in New York, which I don't think there are casinos in New York.
1: No, but I do. At the same time, I love that that they are using some more American locations that that we've seen. Um,
0: Most of what we we watched was based in America this this season, which is wild.
1: So this. The reason I picked this episode, I'll, I'll flat out tell you this, is the the two different lists that I saw said, imagine a, an episode of Lupin that combines everything about the 80s in one episode. And it it, it kind of does. I mean, you get some flash dance. You've got some, you know, weird Coked out thrillers, and I mean, it, it definitely has this very weird American eighties vibe to it. It's also, unfortunately, where we get this weird stylistic change in the characters, and it does make it a little more difficult to watch.
0: It makes it very difficult to watch. So this episode is eighties as prank uh, to borrow it's a, to borrow a term, including a song by a singer Kathy Lynn called uh called uh darkest eyes from her album Mm -hmm. stranger's eyes which is if imagine like but legally distinct madonna
1: it's exactly what it is (laughs) the entire time i was like oh they are doing madonna and it's this is amazing
0: and they're also doing flash dance they're also (laughs) doing flash dance but they are doing it with the the Sat, the severest chins I have ever seen on characters it is so hard to watch
1: it's it is really rough and that that is a problem that the series suffers from at least for the episodes that we watched from here on out horribly like there are some there are some awful awful character designs aesthetically in I, this series and it bums me out because I think this episode is really fun
0: it is. I mean it's it's not a bad episode when it comes to the the idea of what it is. Right. Where Lupin is Like give
1: me a super 80s Lupin episode. I love that.
0: And you've got Jenny uh, uh Jenny is it Jenny Walker which is hilarious because mm-hmm. it's <laughs> it's the point it on Johnny Walker. Johnny yeah, Walker. Yeah, yeah. I
1: I love that cuz she points the 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 bottle and it, it's a really really fun thing. I also love how Jiggin's like, yeah, I'm not getting involved in
0: this. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm out of away. here. Why don't you guys drink that by yourselves? <laughs> but uh, but it it just it involves the you know the two of them getting together, and he doesn't necessarily know if he can trust her because is she using him? Because she wants to be a Broadway star and 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 all of these things,
1: and she flat out does anything she can do to be a star. Like she says, like, oh yeah, I'll I'll because he notices that she's talking to somebody else. After he says something and he's I mean, he he's clearly up on what's going on and she does sell him out because he was she was promised a part. But at the same time, they're like, oh, yeah, kill them both. And I mean, like you said, the the whole like casino in New York thing. All right. Yeah, that's I mean, it's the 80s. I mean, I'm sure someone could have had an underground thing, but this is supposed to be like a big deal casino like you would see in like an episode of Batman TAS. And. I mean, suspension of disbelief, I guess, at this yeah. point, like I, I'm I fine mean, with
0: that. The thing the thing that I did, I, I did one thing that I I thought was absurd, but I did love is that the mob boss uh, who finally captures Lupin uh, has the machine gun that is programmed to fire at specific points to where if they mm-hmm. don't do the dance correctly, dance, yeah. they will get shot. <laughs> and that is just, It is like it is like a, 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 an absurdist version of the old school West. Dance, pow, dance, pow, dance, pow. Well, that mixed with like
1: the, the 80s Bond movie, the few 80s Bond movies there were. And not only that, but like the money was hidden in a cake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Again, the money I, was hidden in a cake.
1: I, I, lo- I love, I love, like, narratively, I love this episode. I think it, I, I understand why this season has its defenders. Like, one, I lo- I like the pink jacket. I think Lupin looks dope. I I like that Lupin is a mixture of the character people criticized that he was in Castle Cagliostro, or Cagliostro, mixed with the character that he actually was in Castle Cagliostro, because he does have... This weird sense of chivalry, because like he drops her off at that I guess, audition or whatever, and kind of it's it actually mirrors the end of that movie because he he's like sick, "Nope, nope, you got gotta move on without me and then kind of pieces out yeah um i I mean, I like this episode a lot i I do think that the the problem with this this series is its aesthetic choices, and that that kind of ruins what some of the things that this this series is trying to do, because I, I it try I feel like this 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 part tries to establish some really classic style loop and stories as well as take it into the new decade. And, and, and I mean and this, nothing is more clear as uh when we get into the Cold War stuff.
0: Well, but let, let me say another thing that I think stands out about this season. And part of it is just because I have watched other anime from this specific year 1985 1984 1985 is when uh, zeta gundam came out and the background music in this like the backgrounds and the theme song it's all Mm -hmm. it doesn't use the classic Lupin the third theme that we have heard for years now for a decade it uses this this new theming And the 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 soundtrack in it feels so locked to like 84, 85, 86 in a way that while I think that works for other shows of the time, I don't think it works for Lupin because Lupin has been Mm -hmm. a show that has felt. For for better or for worse, part of the 60s and not part of the 80s. Uh, even when it was made in the 70s, <laughs> like they do, they go for an 80s style that I don't think fits what I know of the character. Um, and and it, it reads like, oh, we have this popular character that people love. Let's make it new and fresh. But they have like a checklist of all the things that they're checking off. But just because they check off the stuff from the checklist doesn't mean what they've made is great. Um, right, and, and that that is sort of where I am with the season so far. That said, um, well, one last thing, I think the, the 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 last two episodes are two of the best episodes of this of the of part three that we watched, um, and I think that the opening of this next episode, which also happened to be the 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 first episode of the second season, basically of part three. Uh, is some of the best animation that we have seen, the highest quality animation, at least, that we have seen in a series of, of Loop in the Third. But I will say, this show, it, I feel like if I took this these episodes and I watched them zoomed in, you, you know, back in the day, when we moved from a, a, a 4x3 TV screen to a 16x9 TV screen, and you could just, like, Zoom in, it would just widen the picture to fit the screen and it would make everything seem stretched out and weird. Yeah, I feel, I feel like if I did that to loop in the third part three, it would look more normal. It would look better because everything is just weird. Everybody's head in particular is just weirdly skinny in a way that is is unnerving to me. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely see that. But anyway, uh, episode 27, which is the first episode of, of part of the second half of part three, code name is the, st- the code name is the star of Alaska. Uh, and so th- this is this is a pretty fun episode.
1: Yeah, I picked this specifically because I know you have a penchant for like Cold War stories.
0: I almost wish we'd watch the second part
1: i I know, and like I here's the thing I did not did nothing told me it was part one of something, and it doesn't list itself as part one.
0: The only reason I knew is because the the next episode is I, I
1: know, and I should have done that, but
0: is a thing, but anyway, I
1: know um but the, i I really so here here's the thing about this this episode is narratively, I think this this episode is excellent. Aesthetically, I think this episode does not
0: work for me at all not in the slightest no um which is which, which is sad because like it it harkens back to that great part two episode where Jigen's stuck in the Soviet Union there's a lot of cool Jigen stuff in this episode where it goes into some of his history and backstory
1: what's with Jigen and like spy stories that are so good because like we 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 have them like the the opening is like pretty funny because lupin's wanting to heist this plane because he's told that oh if you steal these two rings then fujiko is gonna finally marry you which (laughs) is like i guess i I supposedly something that he wants i guess and and meanwhile Um,
0: goemon and jigen are just making fun of him for that the entire time yeah
1: um well because you find out what's actually in those rings uh apparently some super seeds that will grow wheat even in the coldest of earth temperatures like siberia and what a game changer that could be which again is a fascinating really, concept
0: that's a james bond plot you know
1: yeah i'm honestly it's a, that's a that's a metal gear plot too like i mean i i would 100 see kojima do something like that i mean more death stranding but like i i love the actual like cold war spy story of this this episode is completely held back by the stylistic choices that were made halfway through this series. I feel like
0: yes, Absolutely. because
1: everything narratively works for me. I love the fact that like, Oh yeah. One of the guys that went down this plane that they, they were looking at and then get shot down by a, a Russian um, interception uh, jet. Like is one of Jigen's old partners and like you find out that like Jigen had this relationship with this dude, and like, and then like his partner, who was also his wife, was like part of Jigen's crew back then. And like he had the the op, not the option, but like it was like between him and this other dude to like marry this yeah, girl. Like a love, and a love Jigen-
0: triangle.
1: Yeah, it was a love triangle, which I n- notoriously hate. But like there was this like this thing of honor that Jigen did. It's like not not gonna not gonna play that. And like it's. It's a an episode that I really wish had more time to grow. Like I wish this was like a four episode arc, so that we can really dig into Jigen's past and get some more of this. the. Because the problem with this episode is it does some really great serious stuff, and then it gets extremely silly. Like when Zenigata pops in, and it's like, oh, I'm chasing you, Lupin.
0: Yeah, which I gotta say, Zenigata has popped up in a couple of these episodes but he has not been and maybe it's just the episodes that we watched has not been a huge part of what we watched this season right he's just kind of around yeah he's he's kind of like um and again i don't know we only watched five episodes so it is entirely possible that we have just skipped over all the Zenagata episodes like we skipped over all the goemon episodes in part one and part two
1: (laughs) right but it it, it certainly feels like that he is a minor character in this one, which, again, if, if this episode had been its own light novel or its own four episode arc, I feel like, I mean, it's ripe for something interesting. And I mean, this is part one of two. So I will say we didn't watch the second part. And from what I've heard, Cold War themes come up somewhat frequently in the latter half of this series, which narratively I found extremely interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would have been something that would have been big at the at the entirety of Lupin. the oh, yes. Yeah. We even saw we saw the 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 Soviets and the Americans kind of weirdly agreeing in the Castle of Cagliostro to not do anything about the right. Duke's the Duke's counterfeiting scheme.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's just one of those things that that, that that's a wild thing about this. This series is I feel I I from the episode that we watched. I feel like the narrative is there. I feel like the style is all over the place, maybe overcompensating for wanting to seem something wild or cool. I I don't know. Yeah. Um. Because it brings us to our our last episode that we watched. Uh, the name of the cocktail is Revenge, which is a little bit different because it it steps back and gives you kind of almost like it's not a bottle episode, but like you you get a whole like single room that a lot of the action happens with. And a lot of the action is conversation and reminiscence. And I really liked this episode a lot.
0: This episode was weird to me only because it took me too long to figure out that that was not Fujiko.
1: <laughs> Again, because of the aesthetic choices that because that the series makes, and,
0: and and part of that is because I don't know Japanese voices well enough that I couldn't tell that that was uh, not voiced by the actress who played Fujiko oh, until the until two Fujiko of them were talking. shows up and you are like, oh, that that's yeah, Fujiko. That's Fujiko. <laughs> uh, and they just they hide Fujiko in plain sight so many times that I thought, is this a flashback episode? What's going on with this? Hmm. um But this is one of the more interesting episodes to me in that this is you see the heist already in progress when you don't know that you're seeing it. And, and yeah. so, and, and so you have, you have Lupin basically serving as this bartender in this broken down bar. With a, I, with I love gun, this setup, by the a, way, with a gunshot through the window. Uh, and it's, uh, Oh, what did he call the gunshot through the window? The bartender's pause. Is that what he called yes. it?
1: Which is just that he throws that he throws the dart through <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is also great. It was fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. Like I, there's there are
1: so many angles. Like again, if it wasn't for the aesthetic choices the show makes, this episode is an all-timer refer- for I love this episode.
0: Oh yeah. And 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 so we learned that the girl Sayla, uh, not to be confused with Sayla Mass from Gundam, uh, Selah is is at this bar because you know, we, we don't really know why she's there by herself. Um, but we have and we're in we're in England, by the way. Uh that we learn at some point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I didn't pick up on that immediately. I was like, are we in like East Europe?
0: (laughs) But it's it's a rainy night. And uh, and and through this, Lupin is kind of chatting her up and making her this delicious cocktail that he doesn't tell her the name of until later. And when he says the cocktail's called revenge, she flashes back to the death of her father uh, that we. We He
1: also shows the bottle that says revenge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, she wasn't paying attention. She was distracted. Uh, but but the, but that's when the the heist really kicks off, because we learned that the owner of this bank uh, that is transporting some gold through the city is the the man who killed her father in cold blood, but left her alive, which was a mistake because then she could come back for revenge. And, you know, you have these 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 showdowns as they go through the as as they go through the the big heist, which just involves. Lupin popping a tire with a dart through the window and Jigen and Goemon digging up through the ground to to get to it.
1: Uh, and but, get the old, uh, I love it. Like the engine just falls out as if that were a thing that was going to.
0: OK, but but the thing I think I like most about this is that, you know, Jigen is talking to Lupin. It's like, listen, man. Don't mess this up by by getting somebody involved that doesn't need to be involved. Don't don't let Mm -hmm. don't let your feelings distract you from what's going on. And when it comes down to it, Selah is ready to kill this guy and she pulls a gun and Lupin grabs her and points her out the window through that bullet hole in the window. And she is the one who takes the shot to to pop the tire on the 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 truck, the armored vehicle, the yeah, armored vehicle. It, it's it's it's, it's, it's masterfully it's, done. It's so great. And then when she when she, later on when when the 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 guy is confronting them uh with a gun, and she holds the you know she aims at him. He's like you know you don't need to you shouldn't have to go to jail for taking revenge on him. So don't kill him. Uh And we learn you know later that they planned for him to you know Fujiko betrays them to take the gold, but then betrays the dude to take the gold back. And we and we learn that that's only because he has this whole speech that he's given about how, yeah, my gold was insured. So it doesn't matter what you do, to what you do to the gold. I'm glad you stole it because I'm going to get the gold back and I'm going to get the insurance money for the gold. ha! <laughs> only to find that Fujiko has recorded him saying that. And good old Zenigata, who happened to be transporting that gold, doesn't arrest Lupin this time. He arrests that guy.
1: That was my favorite like like exclamation point for this. This case is the fact that Lupin gives this tape to Zenigata and Zenigata is the one that arrests this guy. And Lupin is the one that helps him. I I love this story. This this is the one that like a lot of people had said, oh, this is one of the better stories in part three. And they're right. This is an excellent story for sure.
0: I I loved this story concept. The story is good enough to
1: like overlook the aesthetic choices they make because I don't again that the weird sharp angles, the weird triangle chins, it doesn't work for me, but this is an instance where the story itself is this just great classic, like noir story. And I, I just, I was in love with that. And it, it honestly makes me want to watch more of Lupin Part Three just because I think that from the stuff that we've watched, the the actual narrative is there. There are some wild style star- style choices that I dislike immensely. <laughs> but I, I also do think there's some really good like meat on these bones.
0: And, and as we mentioned earlier, this is a show that the pink jacket series. It had the t- it had the 50 episodes and it had one movie and things moved on from the pink jacket pretty quickly. And it it, it has the reputation for not being the strongest Lupin part. And I Which, think that's probably true, but it I was mean, still popular enough to get 50 episodes like. Well, and my thing is,
1: like, I wonder if that had to do with its stylistic choices.
0: I, th- I think that's definitely true. Uh, because
1: it, I mean, having watched parts one and part two, one movie and this, I I don't see a whole lot of quality difference. I see a lot of quality difference in production because I do feel like this this season felt cheap in terms. In of weird ways, it did,
0: and weird ways it didn't, because it was definitely a step up in some ways. Yes, the 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 level of detail in some of the backgrounds in this show and the characters on screen and all of that were a lot higher. But it's just that stylistic choice for the characters that I just I don't I don't understand. There's some of that. There's some
1: of the the. I don't know, I feel I feel like there was a difference in the. The actual production of the animation, sometimes it felt a little a little stilted to me
0: which again that could have been 80s you know i mean mid 80s i mean that that
1: that, that's that's true i maybe i'm expecting more i mean as far especially as far as the 80s anime that i've watched it's it's well translation of science ninja team gotcha man and then subsequent gundam series which had higher production values, I assume, but, than but, this one. Did.
0: But even still, if you look at those versus movies of the time, like this movie does not animate it as well as Castle of Cagliostro, which was 1979.
1: Right, right. Which that had, that had a, a, a legit film budget to like,
0: it. What year did Akira come out? It was in the 80s. 88, I think. Yeah, I mean, you've got movie budgets and animation in movies that was worlds beyond any of this stuff. So sure, I, sure, sure. I, I think I think we're just we're looking at, you know, I, I think it's also bad that we watched, you know, a high quality movie right before watching this, too, because it just makes it I mean, there, there is that I,
1: I, I will say this. I do think that from what I have observed of the fandom thus far, it seems that the pink jacket season gets an overly bad rap. I certainly think there, there are a lot of aspects of quality that are lower but I do think that there are some amazing narrative steps that this one takes. And there are some, there's some really interesting stories that they tell. Yeah. And I, I don't think that you should overlook it just because it gets a bad rap. um, I would I would certainly look out for lists. You can certainly use ours, even though ours isn't perfect. But I, I,
0: I would I would definitely say to at least check this series out because I don't sure. I don't think it's without merit. I mean, it, it, case in point, this is the series that did not get a dub. <laughs> I mean, part two, part two, we got a start of a dub and then the company went out of, con- went out of business. Uh, this did get a DVD release uh, in. Gosh. Twenty. 20- 18 2019 is the first time was available discotech yeah i don't have that on my i don't have that on my notes right now but you know so this is definitely one that that is not often looked at positively but i i think there's more to it than even i am willing to admit right
1: now well it's i think i think this is one of those cases even though it's like not my favorite thing that we've 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 done i i do think Man, I wish we had had the time and the resources to do a um, a deep dive into this season because I think there's more there. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I don't think that this this one deserves that the reputation that it gets, but I also understand it. Yeah. Um, and it was Discotech that did the uh, part three release.
0: Uh, so with that said. Case in point, this is the last Loop in the Third television series for let me do some math here. 20 years. Don't hurt yourself. Almost 20 years. Uh, Not not to say that Loop in the Third didn't have more than 20 years, 25 years, I think. Uh, Because 85 to 95 to 2005 So 2012. Wow. Yeah. More than 25 years. Not to say that Lupin did not have other things going on. There were a lot of TV specials, a couple of movies, a couple of crossover specials that happened. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of those are not easy to come by in the U.S. right now. There's one movie in particular that I wanted to check out, but we just don't have the option to do that. So we are instead moving forward in time to 2012 and we are going to watch the first 5 episodes of the woman called Fujiko Mine. This is not a Lupin the 3rd project specifically. It is a spin-off Lupin project telling a prequel story about Fujiko and her first interactions with the Lupin crew. It is known for being more more sexually explicit and violence explicit than any other Lupin project in animation to this point. The characters are all uh, much closer to the the original manga, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The style of this looks really, really cool. Uh, But this is also the first series to be directed by and, and honestly, the only series to be directed by a woman, which is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, so that's what we're gonna talk about next week. The first five episodes of The Woman Called Fujiko Mine.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this because I I know that this director also did uh, Yuri on Ice, which was that's the a ice skating visual, anime. Yeah, which is a visual masterpiece anime. So um I'm I'm super excited. I'm looking at her uh, her CV right now, and there's there is a lot of amazing anime on here um samurai shampoo eureka seven gunslinger girl i've yeah there, there's a lot of good stuff on here so i'm oh even the uh opening animator for uh, Persona five well how about that <laughs> so uh, yeah that, that that that's pretty cool um i'm excited to watch this i mean i, I love fujiko i i i also love that that this is like the first lupin thing in 20 something years that's not an ova or a movie like this is the first lupin series even before lupin made hit like the big comeback
0: well and, but honestly i feel like the big comeback is partially like this series may be partially responsible for that and that's just i me, mean that's just me talking I,
1: I, but i think that, i think i think it's certainly part of it i think there are a lot of moving parts to that including the inclusion and stuff like on your kind of Adult Swim type things like Lupin was being included in a lot of stuff at a certain point. Um, And it could be part of the release of this, because I think 2012 also coincides with the time that the Lupin copyright is free from the French law.
0: Hmm. We'll have to to look from what I
1: remember, because I think it's around 2012 where they can start calling him Lupin and not the wolf.
0: Yeah. Uh, So with that said, that is what we're going to do next week. Just keep in mind, this show is supposedly pretty, pretty graphic. Um, It was supposed to air on Toonami, but was deemed... It would it would be, it would be it would require too much editing to be deemed suitable enough to meet broadcasting standards.
1: And what's wild, well, that's 2012 Toonami. Well, tw- like, we're two- in the Too Many Cooks era at this point. No,
0: that's Adult Swim. Adult Swim and Toonami are different organizations. I mean, wasn't Toonami basically Adult Swim? I know. Like, a, in a, terms of the airing time? No, a, a Toonami was afternoons after I'm, I'm, not, I'm talking about, like, 2012. They did, so but at, at a certain point after Toonami stopped in doing afternoon stuff, it moved to a Saturday evening block. But then, but then I think right around 10 o'clock it kicked over into adult swim. And that's when, okay.
1: So I, 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 maybe I'm just making stuff up. I I could have sworn at one point, the anime block was like from like 10 to 12.
0: So, well, it was in the early, so there was Toonami and then they did Toonami midnight run. Okay, that that's and this, what I'm thinking of. And, okay, and, so and that's, that was that's that where was I'm. that was the precursor to Adult Swim because that was when uh, that was when like in the app the afternoon version the tsunami version of Gundam Wing they would say I'll destroy you, but in the midnight run version they'd say I'll kill
1: you. Okay, that 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 is a hundred percent what I'm
0: thinking <laughs> of.
1: We're old. Yeah. So so that that is my that that that's why I was like oh was this too much for tsunami and I'm not thinking of anything else except that ten to twelve block
0: yeah Uh, so with that said gang that is where we're gonna end the show with you today if you would like to reach out to us you can find us at the nerd.com for this and every other episode of our show going back more than a decade you can tweet to us at the more you nerd get a facebook.com slash the more you nerd and of course you can email us the at gmail.com that's the more you nerd at gmail.com and now we will end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd. Out.